Good morning, Blue Water. It is so good to be back here worshiping in person and uh, trying to identify people with masks on. Hey, I know you. Oh, you look different with your mask on. But it really, it's so good to be here. And uh, I, I'm just so I'm eager to, to share this message with you because it's, it really is from the heart. And the beginning of it, I would say, the beginning of this teaching, I think, as I'm learning myself, is uh, it starts about two and a half years ago. Um, in mid-2018, I was in the middle of transitioning out of uh, the job that I had been in for most of my career up to that time, about 16 years or so, and also preparing to launch a new law firm. It's the firm that I'm, with, uh, I'm at now with Dean Wang. So it was, a very, uh, it was a very busy time. It was a very emotional time. And one morning, I remember waking up just feeling especially tired and weighed down. So I decided to uh, take the morning off and go on a prayer walk. Um, and as I, as I was going through that walk and just praying to the Lord for guidance and directions on the next steps, uh, he took me to Genesis 2. He took me to Genesis 2, uh, verses 2 to 3. Um, and it's that verse you'll see up there. Uh, and it is the verse about God resting on the seventh day of creation, right? On the seventh day, God finishes work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So as we've been getting into the practice of doing in this sermon series, when we look at a passage of scripture, right, what do we do first? We ask, what bugs me about this passage? And, and that was certainly going through my mind as the Lord put that passage in front of me that day in May in 2018. And what bugs me about this passage is, why did God rest? I mean, did he get tired after all those days of creation? I'd get tired if I had to create the universe, but I'm not God. You know, God doesn't get tired, so why did he rest? As I pressed into that in my walk and prayer, um, it occurred to me that what God was doing in that moment when he was resting was he was savoring his creation. He was enjoying what he had created. Uh, if we look at the passages up to that point, um, after every day of creation, he would look back and say, and that is good, and that is good, and that is good. And then at the end, he says, it is very good. So he's enjoying the work of his hands. Okay? Um, which is actually quite incredible if you consider that God is timeless. Everything that has happened and everything that will happen, complete full view, and yet he took the time to be present in the moment. Right? He knew that creation would get messed up. He knew that Jesus would have to die to redeem creation. All that was known to him at that moment, but yet he chose to be present in the moment, to savor. And that really got me thinking about rest. And from then on, there was a, there was, I've been on this journey of learning more about rest. And I want to share a little bit about how this passage and what I've learned applies to me. Um, the first thing I learned is I'm really bad at resting. I, I, I suck at resting. Um, I know that 
over the years, I've had telltale signs of restlessness, uh, like, you know, being grumpy at times and being tired, fatigued. But um, this journey really showed me how restless I really was, uh, the depths to which I was restless. And there are a couple of signs that he clued me into this restlessness. One was that I couldn't stay in the present very well. You know, savoring, like we said, what God did was being present in the moment and not bogged down by things of the past or worrying about things to come in the future. And I couldn't do that very well. It, wasn't, it was not easy for me to stay in the present. Um, when I would be doing tasks at work, for example, it would be difficult for me to stay focused I'd be easily distracted by this, that, and the other thing, especially fleshy things like, oh, there's food, there's, you know, there's the internet, whatever. Um, really easy for me to get to lose focus. And, and even when I tried uh, resting, when I tried to settle my mind, my thoughts would drift, again, to things of the past or things to come in the future. It, it was hard for me to, um, to stay put in one place. And I've, I had this gnawing feeling that I could, I never felt like enough. I never felt like I was satisfied. I could always, there was always something more to do. There was always something more I had to do. And so every moment of the day had to be leveraged to be something productive. It was this constant rush to get things done. Um, I also realized that I, I've always, I always felt dissatisfied, like, like something was missing, that there's, there's more out there. And, and that makes it very difficult to feel grateful about my life. And I'm, I'm a very blessed person. There's actually lots to be grateful for, but it was difficult to be grateful. Um, and when that happens, uh, I, you know, we tend to rely on what I called rest substitutes. Rest substitutes. You know, rest substitutes are is anything that gives you a momentary boost uh, in pleasure or it distracts you from whatever's weighing you down in the moment. Um, it could be something like checking your phone to see if there's a new message that came in. You know, checking your, your Facebook account or Instagram, see what's new, you know, just to get distracted. Or, or TV, food, I mean, you name it. Uh, American culture has built entire industries around rest substitutes. But the thing about rest substitutes is that they don't truly satisfy. They just kind of distract you for a moment. Um, I, I remember many days, uh, many, many days at the end of the day, um, I really should have gone to bed early. But instead of going to bed, I felt like I was entitled to some leisure, some rest. So I'd stay up doing stuff like you know, surfing the web or watching TV, when what I really needed was rest because I, I couldn't get into that place of feeling I can end the day now. It's okay to move on, right? So, yeah, I was pretty messed up. Um, and God showed me how much I really needed rest. Uh, but he, he also showed me what rest looks like. And, and that's been an incredible journey. So I want to share a little bit about the lessons I've learned along the way. Probably the most important lesson is that rest isn't about activity. Okay. Uh, biblical rest isn't necessarily about stopping work or being lazy and being a freeloader. It's not, it's not about that at all. And it's actually not something to do. 
Rest is not something to do. The last thing a person that's tired needs to hear is that there is something else you need to do called rest. You don't need that if you're already tired. Okay? So what is biblical rest? It's a posture. It's a positioning of your spirit, an orientation of your spirit. And what, do I, what do I mean by posture? Well, let's, let's use some physical examples. Like, if I am going to catch a ball, my, my body posture really matters. I, you know, my hands should be extended out. My body should be facing the ball. That makes it easy to, to catch the ball. If the ball is coming this way and I'm like this, okay, that's not really good posture to do that, right? Um, the placement of our feet, our footwork, many would say is the foundation of so many physical activities and sports and martial arts. Okay, your footwork is really important. So I think we get the idea of the importance of physical posture in relation to physical activities. But in the spiritual, our, our spiritual posture is also really important because it affects our health spiritually and our ability to do things in the spirit. Uh, our spiritual posture affects our ability to hear from God or to obey things that we hear from God um, or to receive from God, Some, just like catching a ball. Sometimes God wants to throw a blessing your way, but if we're not in the right posture, we miss it. It's not easy to catch it. Um, ministering to others, serving, right? Um, that Our posture affects that. And being in the wrong spiritual posture prevents us from doing these things or doing it well. Or sometimes we will try to do things in our own strength and power, and that's the wrong posture. Ever try running like this? You'll get tired. I'm sure Jojo, if she's here, can tell you that. Um, that's how I've ministered for many years. You get tired. You can do it. You can run. You can get a little, you know, down the line, but you'll get tired. The idea of rest as posture is in Scripture. It's actually in front of us. Um, Psalm says, be still and know that I am God. Okay? Be still. That's a posture. That's a position, orientation of our spirit. Jesus tells us to abide in me and I will abide in you. Some translations say, remain in me and I will remain in you. It's this picture of being positioned, hidden in Jesus, and he covers us in his love and the Father's love. Right? That's posture. Okay, so if, that's, if rest is a posture, what does that look like? What is the posture of rest? Um, another principle that's helpful to me in interpreting scripture is when you see a, a theme in the Bible, like rest, ask, where else have I seen this theme in the Bible? Because okay. scripture interprets scripture. So where else have I seen this concept of God's rest? And if you do a search, right, you go to Bible Gateway or wherever, just do a search for God's rest, it'll take you, one of the passages it'll take you to is Hebrews 3, um, 7 to 11. And I'm, I'm not going to read the entire scripture, but this passage is about God telling the Israelites, hey, I've given you this land, Canaan, it's your promised land, I'm going to make a nation out of you and this land's yours. You have to go in and conquer it. And before you do that, send some spies and scope it out. And they did. 
And the spies came back with a report that, oh my goodness, there's giants in the land. We can't defeat them. And so they got spooked, and they didn't obey God's instructions to enter into the land. Now, it's interesting because the writer of Hebrews describes that disobedience as failure to enter into God's rest. Right, so what bugs you about that? What bugs me about that is why does it talk in terms of God's rest? Like, what is God's rest? And I think if we just look through that scripture and consider the story and the context, what we'll realize that is that rest in God is a position of trust. It's a position of trust. The Israelites, you see, they didn't trust God about what he said. They, they were focused on the work of their hands, what they could or could not do, instead of what God was doing through them and what God was capable of doing. So, um, being in rest, biblically, means that we are trusting God, okay? That positioning ourselves in alignment with God's purposes for us and trusting him to accomplish those purposes in his way and through his power. It's basically saying to God, God, what you do and what you, what you can do uh, uh, is more important than what I want to do and what I can or cannot do. The focus is shift to what God's purposes are and what he can or cannot do instead of the work of my hands, what I can or cannot do. Our perfect model of this kind of rest, this posture, is Jesus. Makes sense, right? It's Jesus. Jesus always remained at rest in the Father. He said, um, the Son can do nothing of his own accord. Nothing. Nothing, which is pretty startling of a statement, except what he sees the Father doing. See, Jesus was like laser-focused on God's purposes and God's ways. That is rest. So how do we get into that position? There is no one way to do it. Um, it is a journey. But I want to share with you a little bit of what I've learned along the way. Uh, about six months ago, um, I decided to take a mini sabbatical from work. Um, I, I severely cut down the amount of hours I would spend on work. Um, and the reason why I did that is because I was getting to the point where I felt very dry. Um, work was not interesting to me. And probably more disturbing to me was that even things of the spirit didn't feel I didn't, I didn't feel alive in the spirit. I, I felt dead to the things of the spirit. Um, and, and one telltale sign of that was I, I didn't want to worship. I, I usually love worship. I'm the kind of guy that if the spirit's moving in me, I weep. I'm a weeper. But I didn't feel remotely like tearing up. The spirit just wasn't moving in me. So that told me I needed to take a time to step back and, and take a sabbatical. And I... I and in that sabbatical, I learned a number of things, but I just want to share two things with you, two tips, okay? And I can summarize it this way. 
this is, these are tips to get into a position of rest. Create space and learn to receive grace. Create space and learn to receive grace. Space, let's talk about that first. When you're restless, when you're in that state of restlessness, it's kind of like being one of those Nerf balls, maybe those Nerf bullets that Connor was showing. I don't know, but those foam balls, you know? And let's, let's imagine, if you will, compressing that into a cylinder. It's not the shape it's meant to be. If you want it to get back to its original intended shape, you got to take it out of the cylinder. Give it space. And then it'll decompress. But that takes time. That takes space. Rest is basically about renewing your spirit and your mind. It's, it's about changing the way we tick so that it aligns with truth. And that does not happen overnight. It takes time. It takes space. Um, I think, you know, today we have so much access to biblical truth. It's not funny. We have sermons. We have podcasts. We have YouTube videos. We have books on and on and on, all good stuff. But if you don't take the time to actually marinate in that, to let it absorb, it's just gonna just like bounce off you. It doesn't matter how much you try to consume, it doesn't digest. You need time, you need space. And, um, and let me tell you, adopting a posture of rest, it's not easy. It can be uncomfortable, it can be even painful. But you need that space to keep on doing it. I remember for the first three months of my sabbatical, I, my wife can attest to this, I, I felt really uncomfortable. There were days when I thought, why am I doing this? I'm just wasting my time. I felt guilty for not doing more sabbatically things. Like I should be doing something more fun or finding my purpose in life so I feel better and, and just being miserable. And then after a while, what I realized was that's the whole point. I'm decompressing. I need that space to reorient myself, okay? Creating space could mean setting boundaries in your time, right? Gracefully saying no, not overcommitting to things. Um, but another helpful way to create space is to fast from those rest substitutes, those things that tide us over for just a moment. Because when we do that, we, we realize how much we really need the rest. And, and it's hard to appreciate, I think, um, the things that really will make you satisfied if all you do is keep eating junk food. Like, you don't know how good veggies really taste uh, if you keep eating the chips. You kind of have to fast from that for a while and re, kind of reorient your palate. So making space by flushing out the things that crowd it, okay, whether it's rest substitutes or commitments or whatever. The second tip is to learn to receive grace. And that's important because rest involves savoring the work of God's hands. Uh, and that involves grace. Grace is just receiving something that you didn't earn. You didn't work for it. For people that are restless, we tend to be performance-oriented. Right? We, we, it's important for us performance-oriented types to earn favor. And so we actually need to be intentional about deviating from that. Um, 
to learn how to receive well without earning it. So here's an exercise that um, I learned along the way to break the performance mindset. Learn to appreciate things that you didn't create or that you don't have control over. Okay? Things that you didn't create or didn't, don't have much control over. Learn to be grateful and appreciate those things. So for me, one example would be my kids. I guess I had some part in creating them, but not really. Um, they're people of their own. Sometimes Michelle and I, my, my wife, will look at one of our kids and say, how do we create that? Right? Kids have their own, their own existence apart from how, what we did or didn't do. Um, but I learned to appreciate them simply for, for who they are, just marveling at their existence. And that really changed my perspective um, on being able to receive better. You know, just, it's not what they could do or what they did do or didn't do, how well they obeyed, what they could be, none of those things. Just simply the fact that they're here, that God created them. That was a game changer. So learning to receive well, creating space. I think if we do those things, those two tips, it allows the Lord to nudge us into a place of rest. Um, you know, Jesus does not want you to feel guilty if you are feeling restless. Like, if you're hearing this message and it's stirring things up, I don't want you to feel guilty. That's not where Jesus wants you to be. But he does want you to receive the rest that is available for the taking. Jesus is the one who said, Come to me, all who labor and are heaven laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just meditate on that for a moment. What does Jesus say? He says, I am gentle. I am lowly in spirit. I come to you not as an overbearing master. I come to you humbly, and I want you to rest. And what does that look like? He's not saying stop all work. That's not what a yoke is for. A yoke is for work. But I want you to carry on life with ease. It can be done. We can work from a position of rest. That's what's available for you. So I just want to close by doing this. If, if you feel tired and restless, and you want to get that rest, would you just please stand up? Just stand up, receive. Great, yeah. There's a lot of us that are tired, fatigued, weary. I just want to say to you, Jesus wants rest for you. He comes to you humble. And in Jesus' name, I give you permission to rest, permission to not strive. If you agree with that, will you just say this prayer with me? Jesus, I'm tired. I need rest. Please create space in me. Please help me to receive the rest that you have for me. I humbly submit to your program for nudging me into that position of rest. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray.
Amen.